Hello and thank you for listening to the Ask a Photographer podcast. My name is Mike and I'm from Biblino.com. Today's question comes from Paul and Paul is asking, I often get asked to photograph different events like parties and dance concerts for friends. They offer to pay me, which has made me wonder what would be the least amount of equipment needed to start a photography business. The equipment I have is a camera body, two lenses and a MacBook. G'day Paul, thanks for your question. What's the minimum amount? Well, one camera body, one lens, one memory card, one flash, computer, and that's it really. That's the minimum. That's the utmost minimum you can use, Paul. Uh, you know, we all know that if we're in business and we want to be and we want to be professional and we want to be uh, the type of person that wants to do the right thing for our customers, then having backups are, um, is definitely the way to go. Um, I used to photograph with just one camera lens, one body, one memory card, and a computer that was five years old. And I, and <laughs> thinking now, it just makes me cringe. It's you know, the the if if I had to photograph late in the afternoon, it was a struggle. Um, anything past sixteen hundred was just so grainy. And uh, the computer, once I loaded everything on the computer, was just so slow. It took like forty minutes to download the photos off from the camera. It was just you know, you go and have dinner, come back, and it's still hammering away. So. Uh, thank God <laughs> I don't do that anymore, and um, I, I've I progressed from there. You know, I, I when I upgraded, I uh, upgraded to another camera body, which wasn't the same model. Um, there are pros and cons to that. You know, you've got two camera bodies, which is great. You can have um, two different lenses on them, but also as a backup, if you're only just using one lens, it can sit. The other one can just sit in your bag or even the car. But what I noticed was is that because the cameras were a few years apart, the quality of the photos that came out of them was worlds apart. You know, low level, I could shoot, you know, 6400, even higher, and, and be quite comfortable with the other camera, where the other, where my first camera was, I don't know, anything after 1600 ISO was just so grainy. It was, you might as well just pack up and go home. It was really bad. So I had two different cameras. Of course, one became the backup, which I slowly didn't use over time, and then as I uh, got more clients and put more money into the business, it got to a point where I could actually purchase two camera bodies that were exactly the same, and it made life a lot easier. Uh, I'm not saying you need that straight away, Paul, but just giving you the options and, and what actually means having two camera bodies that are the same, because you can set them up the same, you can um, have the same performance from them, so it doesn't matter which camera you picked up, um, as long as you had the correct exposure, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Um, yeah, so that's that's definitely um, a must. You got to have two camera bodies in case you drop something. Um, same thing applies with your lenses. Um, you mentioned you've got two lenses. If they're a short, so like a wide-angle lens, and then you know something like a seventy-two hundred, a little bit longer. Doesn't have to be much, much longer. That if if you're doing uh, indoor concerts or parties, uh, maybe an indoor dance concert, you could probably do with a three hundred mil. But once again. Um, if you've got something like a 2.8 lens, um, it really will help you out in the um, indoors low lights. And I tend to have uh, 24-70, 70-200. Um, I do have a 100 macro. I do have a, a 50 prime. And, of course, I have longer lenses when I do sports photography. But for this type of photography that you're doing here, which is event photography, um, predominantly for concerts and, and, and parties, a shorter lens and a longer lens is, is great to have. You can, you know, do portraits, you can do little group photos, and, and you know, you, you can pretty much 
do what you need with with just two lenses. It's nice to have a little bit of overlap. That's why I tend to have a 100 mil, which is a macro um, for when I do like weddings, you know, the detailed shots. And I don't use that a lot, but it's there just in case, you know, touch wood, something was to fall out of my bag. And then having a flash, you've got to have a flash, especially if you're photographing indoors, even if you bounce the light off the ceiling, off the walls. Um, or even if you photograph straight at them, it just depends on the situation. But having one flash is, is definitely needed uh, in your case here, especially if you're doing parties, uh, which most of the time they have ambient lighting and it's just shocking and you've got to um, just deal with it and, and having your own uh, flash. You know, the onboard flash will only get you so far. Um, the recycle time of an external flash with a little external battery pack, you know, works works a treat. You know, you mentioned here you've got uh, a MacBook. Um, that's fine. Um, you know, when I start, as I mentioned, the camera, uh, uh, sorry, the computer took 40 minutes to download the photos. It was just painful. Having enough RAM, ample disk space, and a good processor goes a long, long, long way. And over time, you want to get better components, things like solid-state hard drives, um, you know, 32 gigs of RAM, an i7 processor, or whatever it may be at, at, at the time. But also, backup drive. So you've got your, you download your photos onto your computer. And then from there, you would actually copy, make a copy to an external hard drive. And from there, you can have a third copy, which either would be up in the cloud. So something like Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive from Microsoft, or even a third drive instead of the um, you know the, using the cloud as a backup. I find using a cloud as a backup can be a little bit slow and tedious. I mean, I know you can make it run in the background, but I don't just don't want to have my computer running in the background just for the purpose of the backups. I prefer to have physical backups. So I would have you know two external hard drives, one to stay in my office and another one to go um, in a secure location outside of the house, um, preferably not within the the property um, and, and that you know saves my bacon um, especially if i'm saying to people in my contracts i keep your photos for one to five years uh, depending on um, the type of photography i'm doing i have different con contracts and that you know if anything was to happen to my computer or the uh, hard drive that's in my house you know i'll, I'll be saved there the um, the other thing is having multiple um, memory cards so you know we don't want to run out of space but also if something was to happen we can just quickly pop a, a memory card in and then deal with the other photos later because you don't want to be overriding any corrupt photos. You, you know, there's software you can use that comes with the, um, if you use SanDisk, they, and I'm sure Lexar will have a similar thing where you can use the software that comes with it to recover any files that may have been corrupted. So that's, um, that's just something to think about in regards to the backup equipment. Also, if we want to have a, a, a photography business and I know that you know you're, you're, you may just be thinking of starting out but these are things you need to know Paul and having insurance is really mandatory if I'm around a lot of people and you know that my equipment's there I can bang into people I can hurt them I mean not that I do that on purpose but you know it, it can happen if I was to drop my equipment you know your, your, your home contents won't cover that um, it's only up to a certain point but even then you know you're, you're using it as a professional so it probably won't cover you that um, for, for that so having camera insurance that uh, has public liability goes a long way it gives you peace of mind just like having backup equipment it just gives you that peace of mind knowing that if something was to happen you'll be covered 
Um, and you know, it, it's I've dropped stuff. I've dropped stuff in water. Um, I've dropped stuff while being on top of a ladder. Um, the strap hit my knee and slam. It just uh, camera dropped and and uh, broke the lens off the mount. Funny enough, it was actually the same camera and lens that fell into the water. So I don't know. Maybe that was cursed. <laughs> um, I don't have that camera and lens uh, anymore, but uh, yeah, so that's just something to think about. Now, having a contract, very, very important because you need to let your clients know what you can provide and what uh, and what they will be receiving. So things like, you know, telling them that you'll be delivering photos within X amount of days, this is what they get, um, they're paying for X, Y, Z, and, and, you know, things like that. But also having uh, clauses in there to save you. Um, for instance, you know, from camera failure. I mean, God forbid you've got back equipment and then that something happens to all that too. You know, you've got, you know, if you have a clause in that says, you know, you're not liable for backup failure or even if the people that own the establishments restrict you. I mean, I've had situations, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, where the um, the lights, the house lights within the reception were too dim asked repeatedly to raise the, the the light so my cameras could focus because they, they were finding it difficult to focus when there was dancing going on because as you know when the dance is going on they've got strobe lights and all sorts of stuff and it's just focusing is a nightmare but if the house lights were, were a little bit um, uh, brighter my camera would have maybe been able to focus more and it just meant I had to photograph well I, I i had to work a lot harder you know my my keeper rate was a lot lower you know from 100 photos i may have gotten maybe 10 photos that i was happy with as opposed to maybe 50 or 60 percent you know what i mean so that's just something to think about and having a contract and going to a lawyer is definitely a must for that so i will link some additional reading in regards to 18 things you need to know when you're starting a business and that's just something you just a little bit of light reading it's only 3000 words it's not it's not that long but it's just something to get you started and to think about Paul and just lastly a website i use uh, studio pro sites they uh, they're very good in the sense that uh, it is a wordpress based site they do all the backups for me they do all the security for me um, they have allow you to use all sorts of plugins just like you normally would if as if you were to host it yourself yes um, there is a fee that i have to pay but what i'm paying is for someone to do my backups and security and, and updates and and it just you know hey we're photographers right we should be photographing and getting clients we shouldn't be stuffing around with all the other stuff i mean as much as i enjoy doing that type of thing there are some times that i just should be concentrating on getting more business or photographing <laughs> or editing you know so that's just something to think about now i know when you're first starting out paul yeah definitely one camera one lens one memory card one flash a computer you don't even need a website it'd be great if you had some sort of backups you know an external little hard drive and insurance and a contract i mean that's really i mean i know you you ask for equipment but some of these other things especially the insurance contract and the website um they're definitely you know definitely something that you do need when you um, are starting a business and it does help you and, and you know they don't have to be perfect because you can always work on them can't you so it's one of those things especially with equipment man you know the reason why people charge so much as photographers because our equipment costs a lot i and you know we have to sell a certain amount to be able to, to um, make that money back think about it. if you're buying two digital slrs two lenses two flashes it's easy 15k 
you know, if you were to buy them brand new. You can get all this stuff secondhand, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just You just need to do your due diligence and just be a little bit wary as to where you're purchasing. You know, make sure you purchase stuff, um, you know, in person. Um, and I do actually have a, a, another podcast that talks about buying secondhand lenses, so I'll link to that too. Um, but yeah, Paul, that's that's um, that's pretty much it. I hope that helps, and thanks for your question. If you have a question that you'd like featured on the show, go to biblino.com forward slash ask to submit your question. I'd love to hear what you think of the show by going to iTunes or Stitcher and giving me a review and a rating. And don't forget to subscribe so you get notifications of new episodes. Thanks for listening. Until next time, get out and take more photos. Oh, look, it's a cat in front of a sunset.